Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. All right. Let's take a moment to get into the word and then we pray. Are you ready for that? Okay. Thank you. You may please be seated. What I have is essentially a charge. That's what I have. A prophetic summon. Oh my God, there are many angels. Many angels. God must have a plan for you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. You see, a text, a very unusual text for a word man like me struck my heart. From Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 21, it simply says, And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. And listen, I know a bit of theology, I know pretext, post-text, post-text context, and all of that. But what that simply ministers to me is that you can set aside time to wait on the Lord and receive an encounter. The Lord appeared again. And so I want to tell you, you're going to have an encounter tonight. Say amen like it's true. And of all the many things I, I know you're going to receive, people are going to be healed and all of that. Tonight is especially about direction. Can you say direction? You see, there's so many of you who have a supernatural assignment that you have received and you're just wondering how to navigate. How do I go from point A to point B? Okay, God, you said I'm going to plant a church. How? Where? With who? You know, how do I navigate? What about the capital? Where is it going to come from? And, and just... How do I go about it? Well, if that's you, then it's for you that this service has been crafted. You see, one of the biggest secrets and advantages of my life is the privilege of supernatural leadership. And by that, I simply mean, I simply mean that I just always know what to do. As far as my assignment is concerned, I always know the step to take. The how, the where, the with who, I always know. And this, this grace is so prolific that if you take away everything that I have and I have to start again, I will only need time. I will only, there is, see, the concept of grace for speed, it's a real thing. I'm telling you, I've got it. It's a real thing. Do you know how our Ibadan church started? Do you know how we started? Do you know how our Ibadan church started? The Lord said to drive there. <laughs> so I just got the driver not knowing where I was going or anything at all. And I just drove. The driver said, where exactly are we going? I said, just go. And then we got to Ibadan. The Lord wanted to show me something. So um, I had a leading to use an ATM. So we parked the car, and I went to use the ATM. And on the small queue, someone greeted me, Pastor. And I said, how are you? I said, fine. And then after that, I went into an eatery to get breakfast. And in that eatery, someone else greeted me, Pastor. Now, this happened in a space of about five minutes. And as I was stepping out, the Lord said, that's what I wanted you to see, to see that you have many people in this city plant a church. Precision. Are you listening to me? Supernatural leadership. We, see, 
always on point. In a dramatic way. See, in my life, it happens like in Bible days. It happens just like in Bible days. And well, the Lord said it's contagious. It's contagious. Let me tell you, as I'm here, next year is settled. Did did, did you hear what I said? Next year is settled. I'm, I'm already in that year, prophetically. I'm already tasting some of these supernatural experiences. I'm already there. And that's the life that God has called us to live. I mean, what kind of man will leave a church about 250 members strong and go to a new city to start all over again? What kind of man? So the days of Abraham, where God will say, leave your kindred, go to a place that I will show you, those days are still with us. That God is still alive. That God still speaks. Are you getting what I'm saying? And God is using this ministry to show you that. No, we, we had no. <laughs> I mean, when I moved into the city, nowhere to stay. The instruction was so sudden, we had not rented a house yet. So I stayed in a hotel for the first few days. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about just moving on the instruction of God. Abraham had that grace. He could hear what others could not hear. He could see what others could not see. Abraham would see three men that look like ordinary men and know there is something extraordinary about them and will insist that they come to his house to eat. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how important this is. Even if you have a word from God, for instance, in Abraham's case, that you're going to have a child, when the time for the visitation came, the angels did not knock on his door. They just passed as if they were going elsewhere. It took sensitivity for him to say, hey, please, can you stop by? Are you listening to me? So even if it was God's plan, it took sensitivity. Did you hear what I just said? It happens a lot in the realm of the spirit. On the road to Emmaus, are you aware Jesus did the same thing? He did as if he was going somewhere, waiting for their hospitality to say, you know what? I mean, it's already late. Can you spend the night? If they were not sensitive, they would have missed that. They would have. And so the Bible tells us, for instance, it says, be sure to be kind to strangers because people, by so doing, have encountered angels. So there is a school of the Spirit for you to look at someone and know there is something extraordinary about the person. There is a school of the Spirit Abraham knew it, always on point. How can you meet Melchizedek, a man you had never met before, and knew there is something about this man? You know when to give your gifts. You know where to honor, who to honor. Ah, you can be precise like that. Come on, are you listening to me? And so, you know, there's one of the pastors of one of the fastest growing churches in this country. A man I have profound respect for and a man that believes in me so much. We talk regularly and the man is so humble, he will call, he will ask questions. So how do you guys do this? How do you guys do this? You know, and the man just acknowledges the grace on this ministry so much. One day he told me this. He said, there are many things you don't teach. There are many things you don't teach. Because they come naturally to you by grace. He said, if you don't sit down, study your own graces and try to explain it and systematically pass it down, he said, they will pass with you. He said, build a system so that it can be transferable. So, you know, I thought deeply about what he said. I prayed about what he said. And that's why I decided to teach this sermon. The title of my sermon is discerning spiritual seasons. Discerning 
spiritual seasons. What did I call it? Let me tell you something. If you will fulfill God's plan for your life, you must learn what I'm about to teach. You must learn to descend spiritual seasons because there is guidance in the word, but you will not tell from the word when to start, where to start. I woke up one morning before I could open my mouth to praise the Lord. Something that felt like a coin, my head felt like a piggy bank. Something like felt like a coin dropped inside my head. And as I felt it in my chest, it was an information, 11, 11, 12, when to start our church. That Sunday was not the first Sunday in the month. It was not. But God said, start that date. Precision. Precision. Come on, are you with me? Turn your Bibles, Acts chapter 13. Just an example. Oh boy. Verse 1 talks about, you know, the church at Antioch and certain prophets and teachers that were there gives us the list of people who were there, Barnabas and Simeon inclusive. And of course, Saul was there. Verse 2 says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. So, so in a meeting like this, as we spend time ministering to the Lord, waiting on the Lord, you can live with a clear sense of direction, specific word, separate unto me. Now that's a new season. They had all been together fellowshipping in Antioch, praying together, ministering to the Lord, but now it's time to move. How do you know when it's time to move? You know by the Spirit. He said, separate to me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work wherein to have called them. Precise. Not just for Saul to move, but with whom he must move. It makes all the difference. You see, in agriculture, you might get all the rules right. Get the right soil. A healthy seed, you know, and even have manure. But there is something called seasons. There are seasons in which plants are designed to grow. So even if you have the right seed and you have the right soil, you must get the right time. Are you getting me? And so I want you to understand that in the realm of the spirit, the leading of God is time-specific, time-sensitive. There is a time-sensitive call on your life. There is a time that you must respond. And if you don't respond at that time, it will take mercy. I'm telling you, it will take mercy. I'm not saying it's over, but I'm saying it will take mercy. So it's better at the right time. The Bible tells us that there was a pool in Bethesda. And that pool was a special pool because once a year, an angel will come and stir that pool. And everyone, anyone who jumps in first will be healed. Think about it. That means if you were going to benefit from that pool, it will take more than desire. It will take precision. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because that stare and that blessing was time specific. Listen, there is a hypothetical pool that every one of us has. A time specific blessing that we must step into. A time specific leading that we must step into. And you see, of all the agencies of blessing in the church, like prayer and fasting, there is also timing. You must get the timing right. Please, are you understanding what I'm saying? You just have to get the timing right. 
So for that question, how do I start? Where do I start? With whom do I start? You know, nobody can answer that for you. You just, you just, you just have to step into what I'm teaching, discerning spiritual seasons. Some of you have heard me tell this story. Years ago, I went to Unilag. I drove to Unilag. And I saw a woman walking, and the Lord said, give that woman a lift. And so I gave her a lift. By the way, for some reason, I'm, I'm a very nice person, but I'm not re- actually one to give lifts like that. But this, that was a specific word. So I gave her a lift, and we, she started talking about um, how she's, what do you call staff that are not, okay, non-academic staff. She's a non-academic staff. And by sheer hard work, she was able to get her daughter to gain admission to Unilag. Her daughter is in Unilag, but she's not coping. And now she tried to enroll her into lesson, but she can't afford that. And I, I asked her, how much is the lesson? She said 7,000. By providence, I had, see, I think the entire fellowship, we're not a church then, had about 14,000. <laughs> and I had, you know, the money with me or something. I think it was about 7,000 I had with me, actually. What? Tell me. No, just call it out. Okay, we're already a church then, and we had like 30,000. 13,000 in the ministry worldwide. Thank you. <laughs> church had started. Thank you. <laughs> and so, the Lord said, give her the money. And so I gave her the money. You know, that was the first time, you know, my wife almost, you know, it was as if, what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? What, what did you give the money? You know, and all of that. Fast forward years later, we're supposed to have a conference at Unilag, you know, and there are two options, you know, if you're going to get a venue in Unilag, if you are registered as a youth fellowship in Unilag, Paul and Itunu were, you know, were Unilag at the time. If you, if you are registered as a fellowship in Unilag, you get a massive discount. And so we're in the process of registering. And even if the registration had not been completed, you know, Itunu assured me <laughs> that it will be completed. So instead of paying 400000 for the hall, we're going to pay 40000 So, but somehow... They put a hold on registration at that time. And we had already um, made inquiries about the hall, booked the dates as a campus fellowship. And so when the dates came, we had not been registered. And so they checked the books, and me, I forgot. You know, my team, everybody was already there with the equipment ready to set up. And at 12, program was to start six. She just checked the books. You are not registered. You have to pay 400000 Eh? That time, if you turn me upside down and shake me like this, maybe like 25K will come out. <laughs> ah, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, my God. We're so frustrated. And we're just thinking. I remember, you know, and just then, the Lord said, ask her for her name. So I said, it will not ask, which woman is that? When, <laughs> when she mentioned her name, I started laughing. It was that woman that day. Are you listening to me? This was already 3 p.m. If that miracle didn't happen, no program. We had printed, I mean, um, flyers shared around, you know. And so I said, tell her, that pastor that picked up, she said, ah, oh, ah, oh, why didn't you tell me it's the one? <laughs> the rest is history. We had our program. <laughs> Just about two and a half years ago, about three years ago, in the city of Abuja, 
were driving, I was driving in the night, somewhere around Pape in Abuja, which by the way is not even safe. So just so you understand, you know, and the Lord said, when you get to that junction, there is a woman at the junction you are going to give a lift. Precise. So when I got to the junction, I saw her with a load. I wound down. I usually don't do this, but that day, I said, the Lord said to give you a lift. She screamed. She said, I just prayed now. I said, God, I've been waiting for a bike for close to one hour. Please help me. Send someone to help me. I said, well, the Lord answers prayers. And so she entered the car, and we got talking. What do you do? I said, I'm a man of God. What do you do? She said, she works with so-and-so TV station. And then she said, you know what? I will bring my crew to record your church for free this Sunday, and we will eat. Are you listening to me? See, so there are privileges we've enjoyed as a ministry by sheer precision, supernatural precision. And if all I choose to do tonight is to share experiences, we will not close. And I want to tell you without any iota of doubt that these things are replicable. See, yours might not be as dramatic, but it's replicable. Let me tell you something that not many people in the world can say. I'm in the will of God for my life. I'm, if you check God's calendar for my life and check what I'm doing, it matches. It, it takes a lot of guts to say that, but it's true. I'm either already doing what I'm meant to do, or we have started, or we're about to start. And that's what I want to show you. And you have to understand how time-specific these things are. Do you know what it will cost you not to start church at the right time? Do you know what it will cost you? It will take mercy if you miss that season. Because for instance, it takes time for people to trust you. Are you aware? You can preach and everyone will fall. People will still be watching. You have to prove yourself for a while. Are you getting what I'm saying? So just for that buy-in, it will take time. So when you miss the timing, it will take mercy for you to catch up. You have to get it. <laughs> I'm a young man now. Imagine how young I was when I was getting married. And everybody was telling me, why are you getting married at this age? It is because of my assignment. The timing was right. Let me crack just a small joke with you. Imagine I was single now. <laughs> it will distract us. That's what I'm saying. It will be distracting. It had to happen at that time. Are you listening to me? You see, every aspect of your life, most of it is time-specific. time specific. So you must train your faculties to catch the frequency of God. Look at Matthew chapter 16. I want to read from verse 1 to 3. Matthew chapter 16. Takabaya. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. The Lord has touched my eyes to see where to go and what to do. He touched my eyes to see Telemongri Kapaya. The Lord has touched my ears to hear His voice behind me. The Lord has touched my ears to hear Kopoto Seke. Lead me, and I will follow you. Come on. Lead me, and I will go. Lead me, 
and I will follow you. Lead me and I will go. The Lord restored all the years the canker worm has stolen. The Lord has restored all the years. The Lord has restored all the years the canker worm has stolen. The Lord has restored all the years. Angels lead me and I will follow. Father lead me and I will go. Father lead me and I will follow you. Father, yeah, I will go. Right now as I sing, right now by your mercy, right now by your anointing, let something happen to me tonight, let something happen to me tonight, say, and I will follow, say lead me. Thank you, Jesus. Are you in Matthew chapter 16? For Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. You know what? Please be seated. Let's try to finish this. I know the atmosphere is so thick, and we just have started. You see, it says, Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came, testing him, asked that he should show them a sign in heaven. And he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be a fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be a foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to descend the face of the sky, but you cannot descend the signs of the time. Listen, if what God said or what Jesus said is anything to go by, and it is, it means that as surely as you can look at the sky and say, oh, the weather is about to change. Oh, it's about to rain. You can also descend when the season of the Spirit is about to change. He said, he said, I mean, if you can tell from the sky what the weather report is going to be like. Oh, it's about to rain. Oh, it's going to be a sunny day. You should be able to descend the times of the Spirit. You should. Jesus was not exaggerating. He said, if you can follow the signs that you see in the cloud, I know it will be a rainy day. There are trails in the Spirit. Trails to know, oh, this is the season we are entering. So that you can be precise. So that you can know what to do. So that you can know how to prepare. You know this is a season of consecration. Oh, this is a season of prayer. Oh, I need to withdraw myself. Oh, I need to go out. I need to be more outgoing. I need to meet people. You can know. The two Greek terminologies that describe time will help explain what I'm trying to teach tonight. There are two words from which the word Time can be transliterated. The two words are chronos, you've heard them before, some of you, and kairos. What is chronos? Chronos is simply time that can be measured or sequential time. 
time that can be measured or sequential time. When you say, I'll be with you two o'clock, that's time that can be measured. Or sequential time. The word chronos is the word from which you have the, the English word chronology. So it talks about sequence. For instance, the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 from verse 1, it says, for everything, there is a season, a time, and for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal. You know, that's chronological time, sequential time. So when you put a seed in the ground, you can have an idea of when it will, it will germinate, when it will begin to bear fruit. It helps you plan as a farmer. That's sequential time. But there is a problem. Because chronological time is not always fair. And so the same writer of Ecclesiastes 3 comes to chapter 9 verse 11 and he makes an observation. He says, I returned, Ecclesiastes 9, 11, and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. Success doesn't always add up with effort. It's not always directly proportionate to the level of your imputes. Someone asked me some months ago, he said, why is it that some people work so hard and get nothing out of it? There are laws. See, thank God for hard work. I might be one of the most hardworking people you know. Thank God for hard work, but there's got to be more because he said, I've observed under the sun. This is an observation that the race is not to the swift, meaning in life, on a track, the fastest person will win, but not in life. You know, there are things that, that, that deceive us. When you are in class, you feel that because you came first, you are first in life, like you are, you are ahead of everyone else. But when you graduate, life will show you something else. By all means, be hardworking, but there's, there's got to be more. Are you listening to me? The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding. Have you seen, there's something we call in local parlance, money, money misroad. Have you seen someone so wealthy? You're like, how did this one get money? Have you seen someone with a fine car driving nonsense? It's like you don't live in Lagos. Have you seen someone with a fine car driving nonsense and you're like, God, you see who you give car? You see who you give motor? <laughs> Hallelujah. It says riches is not to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. It says, but time and chance. Listen, that leads me to the next um, time I want to talk about under the Greek language. It's called Kairos. K-A-I-R-O-S, Kairos. Kairos is opportune time, opportune moments. <laughs> oh my God. Chance makes all the difference. Chance. 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 One of the most remarkable stories one of my friends told me of all the sports to learn, someone just chose to learn badminton. And he was playing badminton one day and you know, I'm of course in the court, everybody dresses similar, you don't know who is who. And he was playing with someone and the person said, ah, you got game. And the person said, well, you should come to my house, let's play. Clue number one, you have a badminton court in your house. <laughs> that's, that's the first sign. <laughs> and then this young man, as he was driving, hustling guy now. His car broke down on Third Mainland. He was frustrated. So this man was calling him, calling him, calling him. He was just trying to call. And so when he got to the man's house, sweating, the man said, I've been calling you, where are you? You know? 
And he just said, sir, I'm frustrated. He just, I think he broke down, you know, in tears and all. I'm frustrated, this, this, this. Long and short, the man said, okay, just come to my office on Monday and let's see what we can work out. And gave him a deal that will give him about a billion every month. Listen. Calm down. You might be missing the points. Listen, listen. You find your own Kairos. See, it's not about trying to get another person's own. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's part of what I'm saying. All right. As at the time, you know, this was about two years later. He said, say he has bought like seven houses in London. This is, your life can change like this, oh. Like this. It happens around you every now and then. You have to understand. It happens around you. Whether you believe it or not, it's happening to people. I want to appeal to you to at least be open to it. <laughs> you said we receive, right? Let me give you an example that happened just recently, last Sunday. On Saturday, the Lord told me, he said, go for a short retreat. I want to speak to you. Something I almost never do. So I told my wife, you know, a house is big enough. I can pray and nobody will disturb me. But I went there. The next day, Sunday, because I was praying, I didn't even come to church. Those of you who know me know how unusual that is. You can count how many times I've been out of church since this ministry started. Backstory to this so that you will understand. The theme for last year's camp meeting, let me see if you can remember, it was what? And the Lord said he was going to usher in a new move in the body of Christ through our ministry, a new apostolic move. And what I didn't tell you was this. He told me, that a father in the body of Christ was going to lay hands on me to launch me officially into that move. But he said, don't lobby. Don't go and meet anybody. I will orchestrate it. That's what the Lord told me. So, as I'm praying, 10 minutes to 2, the Lord said, wear your cloth and go to so-and-so conference. <laughs> and I know someone who was volunteering there. So I just called him. Well, I first called protocol. I said, is there anybody who is free to come now and take me somewhere? Just meet me at this place, you know? And they came and I called the person that was there. And then he, he screamed. He said, ah, do you know, they even sang your song yesterday, you know, and all of that. Anyway, that's by the way. So I got there talking to my friend. I said, the Lord said, He's going to give me a word today. I asked him, I said, who is ministering? I didn't even know. And he said, Bishop Francis Walioke. All right. So, <laughs> have you ever seen me in any, how many conferences have you seen me in before? You, you can count, I don't go out. You know that, right? So, you better believe what I'm telling you. Uh, the people who knew me there were surprised. <laughs> Pastor Irene, do you know how many invites I turned down? Then a place I'm not preaching, I go, that the Lord said go. And then Pastor Nathan Obasi, who I was seeing for the first time, was on stage. He said, this meeting is for many people, but I sense especially that God brought some people here. He pointed to me. He said, Pastor Irene, I sense that God has a word for you today. And then this is what he said. He said, the man that is coming is a kingmaker. He said, years ago, he brought me out in a conference like this, laid hands on me. My ministry went around the world. He said, not too long ago, he called out Dunsi at Wafbeck, laid hands on him. His ministry went around the world. He said, last year, Last year, he laid hands on Pastor Jerry Eze. His ministry, 
He said, everybody in this conference, please look at this man. That's what, that, imagine, oh. So, so I'm wondering, like God, like, <laughs> I know I hear you, but this is crazy. You know, you know what he told me? He said, my respect for you has come to another level because, I mean, how can you be so sensitive to be here? Then, hallelujah. Then Bishop Walioke came in his Abada, you know, like an angel. He came and he said, I have three blessings for you. <laughs> I don't know how many times you've even heard me mention another man of God on stage, right? So I'm telling you, think about that. Listen. Before anyone told him anything, he said, that was one of the three blessings he came to impart. Grace for apostleship. Imagine. So I was thinking, this is not a grace for the entire crowd. So I was looking at, ah, so all these people escorted me. <laughs> Come on, are you listening to me? <laughs> Kairos is the secret of speed. It's the secret behind speed. A man of Kronos cannot match a man of Kairos. Because when it comes to Kronos, if you plant a seed, <laughs> it might take a year or two years or five years. But when the Bible tells you Isaac sowed in the land and reaped a hundredfold in the same year, that's Kairos. There can be a supernatural hand, a supernatural timing behind what you do, a precision, a precision. So, hey, my God. Come on, are you listening to me? I've given you this example before. When God wants to change your level, it's still up to your ability to descend the season. Because even if God wants to make you a king, what he will send the prophet to do is to anoint you and go away. He won't take you to the palace. So what the anointing will do is to lead you to your kairos. To lead you to your kairos. You thought you were just on a mere errand. But as you go, you will hear Goliath bragging. And you will respond in a way that no one else is responding. It's the anointing. Because of the anointing, you will be provoked by things others are not provoked by. I've told you this before. Are you aware God did not tell David to fight Goliath? God did not tell him. You have to understand, Kairos is a programming. You just find yourself at the right place at the right time. Let me tell you something. When you are carried by Kairos, you never have disadvantages. Even if you find yourself in prison, it is because there is someone from the palace whose dream you must interpret. Come on, are you listening to me? And even when the people who promise you, listen, 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 and this is a, prom, a prophetic word to some of you. Some people have promised you, I will help you. I will do this. I will do that. You know what? The Bible tells us in the days of Esther, one night the king could not sleep. Ay, 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 you're not listening to me. One night the king could not sleep. And just for the sake of boredom, he said, open the books. Let's... Talk about history. And then they talked about Mordecai. How he saved the king. He said, what has been done to this man? Listen, you've been lobbying too much. I just showed you how I met a general in the faith without lobbying. I'm telling you, this thing is real. This thing is real. The things you are looking for can find you. Can knock on your door. See, I'm telling you, that's my life. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, the things you are looking for can find you. He said, what has been done to this man? What has been done to this man? What has been done to this man? What? So even when the guy, you know, whose dream you interpreted in the prison, forgets you when he gets to the palace. Guess what God does? Pharaoh will dream. <laughs> God will create an opportunity for your gift to find expression. I said, God will create an opportunity for your gift to find expression. God will create a problem only you can solve. So 
So now they are looking, who will interpret this dream? Ah, and that guy said, oh, I've sinned. There is a guy who I forgot, a guy in prison. If you will bring him here, sir, this dream will be interpreted now. As a man of God, watch out for your kairos. Watch out for your kairos. One move of God, one day you will just lay hands on someone and the person will get healed of the person's sickness. It will turn everything around. <laughs> turn everything around. I read of a man of God in the north, in a small village, <laughs> serving God faithfully. God said to stay there. And then a woman of high repute had a problem. They are taking her everywhere. Everywhere. All the hospitals, no solution. And the man said, let me pray for her. Prayed for her, the thing died. And so this wealthy man lost his mind. He said, what? We've been looking for the answer to this and wired the man five billion. This is a man who is pastoring in the village. <laughs> So he went to his spiritual father with tight of 500 million. The man said, tell me, what did you do? He said, EFCC will carry you. I'm just, where did you get this money? He said, daddy. <laughs> A blessing that is hard to explain is coming your way. He said, I will do a thing in Israel that the ears of them that hear it will tingle. <laughs> That's Kairos, brother. Kairos, Kairos. Listen, this is the beautiful thing about Kairos. When you are in your Kairos, everything you have been doing, yes, everything you have been doing before will have extraordinary results. See, there are natural principles of prayer. But when you pray in Kairos, the result is different. God told Zechariah, the prophecy was this. He says, ask for rain in the year of the latter rain. Meaning your request is matching the season. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why some people get more results. Sometimes you ask, but the season was wrong. He says, ask in the year of the... <laughs> you see... You might have been given. That's why, you see, there are debates in the church that will never end because people don't understand Kairos. Some things don't function by principles. They function by miracles. So, some people will say, I've practiced the principle of sowing and reaping. It does not work. And some others will say, you know what? I did it. It worked for me. Come and beat me. <laughs> and no matter, you show them pretext, context, they will never believe because it's, you can't void their experience. The reason is simple. There were many widows in Zarephath. But there was no other widow that the prophet was sent to. Meaning if any other widow gave their, gave their last meal, they would have died. So there is a type of sowing that comes by a Kairos moment. When Abraham is walking and he meets Melchizedek, some of you know what I'm saying. See, sometimes you want to sow and it's, it's a burden. Sometimes there is a release of grace. Are you getting what I'm saying? You, you just know everything is aligning. And you see, you give a lot and it doesn't bother. You, you, you're even glad. You know, you know, you know. The Lord said to do it. Kairos changes everything. Oh. Changes everything. Changes everything. I want to pray over you. Lord, if it is true that your workings in my life are replicable, I stretch my hand to these people from my heart and I say, Lord, by your angels and by the anointing, replicate this grace. All over this room, every one of you with a divine call, you've been wondering how to start. By the anointing, I sponsor you. You will never be the same again. I'm telling you, you will never be the same again. I stretch my hand in the name above every name. Let your destiny come alive. By the anointing of the spirits, by the anointing of the spirits, you will do big things with ease. 
If indeed I carry something, I stretch it to you in the name of Jesus. Receive! 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 Talamando Ropokosh. Listen, I want you to believe that you have received something today. And I want you to act like it. First and foremost, any delay in your life has ended today. Has ended from today. You will no more waste your time. It has ended today. Then you are going to function with the precision of Abraham. Melchizedek cannot disguise for you. Angels cannot disguise for you. You know who they are. You know where to find favor. You, 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 you have it. You have it. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. I said you've got it. I've got it. I said you have it. Do you believe that's your testimony? So it's going to show forth in every aspect of your life. You see, it's a consciousness to have. When you are going for a visa interview, it's the right person that will look at your papers. See, I wish I had more time to explain this to you. Let me tell you this. Let me give you a simple example. According to prophecy, the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. But Joseph and Mary were not in Bethlehem. So, how is it going to happen? All of a sudden, Caesar came up with an idea that he had never had. He said, we're going to have a census. Let everybody come to Bethlehem. Are you listening to me? So, as they came to Bethlehem, Mary entered into labor. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about an anointing that conditions politicians to make rules in your favor. And they don't even know it. It will seem natural to anybody who doesn't understand Kairos. Are you were lucky now? You know, some people are so clueless. They look at me and say, it's the school he went to. <laughs> That's how your life, they'll be trying to explain it away. They won't have a good explanation. <laughs> have you received something tonight? I want you to do something with faith. I give you 20 seconds. Thank Jesus right now. Thank him. Thank him. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.